This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. I'm guest host Dave Woodard. Uh, Libby is off for the holiday. Jane Brown in tomorrow and Wednesday this week, uh, filling in for Libby uh, before she's back on Thursday. April Wine, Paul Anka, The Guess Who, Neil Young. Really, the list could go on and on. Canadian musical acts uh, have had an amazing influence, not just on Canadian culture, but the world musical scene. Uh, and some of it we don't even realize. Of course, we know Leonard Cohen wrote so many songs recorded by American artists that became huge hits. But so did Neil Young and Paul Anka. Of course, the latter having songwriting credits on my way, most famously performed by Frank Sinatra. What's your favorite Canadian song or band? Myself, I'd have to say that I'm a huge fan of the band Great Big C. They performed uh, for more than 20 years, and even though they've broken up since, they still perform as individual artists. Alan Doyle was just inducted into the Order of Canada. I want to hear who your favorite band is and why. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. Now, if you were listening earlier today, it's, uh, um, we were talking about... Um, the top 10 and 10 in the next 11 and 11, talking about some of the great Canadian bands, like I said, The Gas Who, April Wine, Andy Kim is in there as well. Uh, we're going to be in a few minutes uh, t- uh, touching base with Eric Alper, who's a musicologist and one of the foremost um, experts in music, especially Canadian music. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll touch base with him in a moment. We'll ask him a couple of questions, but I want to ask you first, 416 416- Three six zero zero seven forty or one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Who is the quintessential musical act in Canada? Is it somebody who is relatively new? Is it somebody who has been around for a while? Uh, I, I know that uh, we take you know great aims at kind of teasing. Um, uh, Justin Bieber and Nickelback and some of these Canadian artists. But really, they've done something that for generations has been done regularly here in Canada, which is, you know, uh, make themselves a huge act internationally. Drake was just over at Nathan Phillips Square last night. And that was a surprise show. Um, but it, it, it and the fact that it was such a huge thing for him to be there kind of to me shows how big it is that the Canadian music scene is internationally. Uh, one of the things I want to ask Eric when he gets here as well, I want to ask him about um, CanCon. So back in the 1970s, there was something that was brought in called uh, CanCon. And, and what it is, is getting more Canadian content onto Canadian radio stations. So if you don't know, in order to qualify as a Canadian content song, you have to have three of four categories uh, by Canadians. So uh, who wrote it, who performed it, who produced it. There's a, a number of different things that 
you have to qualify for. Um, and, and that was brought in the 1970s, which really brought in uh, two things. One, a lot of people kind of critique that, saying that it really watered down what kind of music was being made, especially here in Canada, because then you had to have a certain amount of Canadian music on radio, which we still have today. But it also brought out a lot more acts that that wouldn't have necessarily been found uh, through other means. An example might be uh, April Wine in the 1980s may never have been found by an American uh, act or an American publisher, and so it would never have gotten any kind of play. Uh, Burl in Scarborough, what's, uh, what would you like to say? I'd like Edward Bear. Edward Bear, okay. And uh, I also like Anne Murray. And Murray, uh, you know what? It's funny because when I was writing uh, uh, for today's show, it was one of those things that almost slipped my mind. But you're right. Anne Murray um, is maybe one of the quintessential artists in Canadian history. I think it, we look at she's been able to put out music um, in almost every um, decade that she's been acting uh, or uh, singing, rather. Um, and then we have, you know, Somebody like Gordon Lightfoot as well, who's been doing the same. Gordon Lightfoot, who played in Ottawa yesterday, uh, or on uh, rather uh, July first, um, and still, you know, tours all the time. It's 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 fantastic. I've seen him. I uh, have you. Where did you see him? Massey Hall. Oh, that would have been a great place to see him play. Uh, yeah. Burl, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate yeah, it. Good day. You as well. Uh, now the aforementioned Eric Alper from Ottawa joins us. How you doing, Eric? I'm good. Sorry about that. I was stuck in the middle of the 401 with absolutely no rhyme or reason. <laughs> Except no. for the fact that probably 17 million Canadians were all in their cars all at the same time. I was going to say, after, you know, half a million Canadians were in Ottawa uh, for the uh, the Canada Day festivities, I'm sure that there's a few coming back today. Yeah, and they're yeah. all in front of me. Okay, so Eric, uh, let me ask you this question. What makes Canadian music unique from the rest of the world? I think probably the easiest thing to try to define Canadian music is really almost what we are and what we're not all at the same time. We don't really have that specific sound. Like, you can't trace it back to New Orleans jazz, or you can't trace it back to Detroit and the Motown sound. But at the same time, though, We've taken all of these influences about being a multicultural city and a multicultural country and truly made it our own. You know, yeah. jazz has been around just as long as the American counterpart has since 1923, 20, 1929, when radio started to become very, very popular around 1923. And that of course, you know, influenced, you know, kids that were growing up, like Oscar Peterson. And uh, it also, you know, uh, affected, you know, country singers um, like Tommy Hunter hearing all of these different sounds coming from their, their radio. And, you know, it, it does seem like a very, very far away time, but it's really not because we're so heavily influenced by America. But at the same time, we try to add in our own little Canadian at the same time. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about that. You know, it seems like every generation uh, of Canadian music has their own big artists. Would you say that Canada follows the hits from the U.S., or is it the other way around? I think in the last 15 or 20 years, Canadian artists have really taken on their own 
sound and their own people and their own teams. You know, back in the 1980s when Much Music first started, it was really creating a star system for the first time in a long time where artists like Brian Adams and Corey Hart and, and The Spoons and Platinum Blonde went from being nothing to being huge all of a sudden. And now when you fast forward into now with Drake and The Weeknd and Shania Twain and Alanis Morissette and uh, uh, Justin Bieber, they're, they're using Canadian engineers, Canadian producers, Canadian songwriters, mm-hmm. adding their own um, upbringing rather than, say, using somebody, you know, somebody from L.A. or from Sweden to, to kind of use their influences in, in the music. But we really seem to have a lot of Canadian artists that over the next 10 or 15 years, they still might be dominating the charts like they are right now. Eric, we were talking just before you joined us about CanCon and what kind of effects that that has had. What would you say that the biggest effect that CanCon has had on the development of Canadian music? Um, It's the single biggest influence and the the single biggest um, happening that, that... the, that the Canadian government took to mandate Canadian radio stations to play at least 30% Canadian content, and in some cases this is as high as 35% and 40% very recently. But with that, before that was implemented in the late 60s, artists like Joni Mitchell and Neil Young and Gordon Lightfoot and uh, the Guess Who, um, even before that with Paul Anka and the Diamonds and... Uh, um, and, and the crew cut, they all had to go down to America in order to break it big. There was no, there was no support system here. There, there was no record labels that were based in Canada that cared about honing talent and helping them build a career. They were just more, mostly bringing the American and the U.K. artists to Canada and selling all of their copies to us. But when that Canadian content system happened, then that forced radio stations to play people in your own city and people in your own country, and that led to all of the, the wonderful Canadian stories that, uh, that they helped develop. Musicologist Eric Alper, I could do this for the full hour with you, but thanks for joining us. Hey, no problem. We'll talk soon. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. Will do. Thanks, Eric. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.